here's your host. Welcome to the Live, Laugh and Eat show. My name is Benedine Otto. I'm a certified transformational nutrition coach, an EFT practitioner, and I'm also the managing editor of a magazine called the Live, Laugh and Eat magazine. The Live, Love and Eat podcast is all about health and wellness. We interview health experts who have all overcome their own personal life and health challenges. Learn all about health, fitness, nutrition, spirituality, wellness and so much more. This podcast will change the way you live, love and eat. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Live, Love and Eat show. Now, our special guest today is Ingrid Ham Hernandez. Now, Ingrid is a pelvic physical therapist, and she was the co-director and a mentor for the Duke Women's Health Physical Therapy Residency Program. She's also a mentor for neopelvic PTS and participated in a PFDN research projects. She is board certified in Women's Health, WCS, and Pelvic Floor Biofeedback and served on communities for both the APTA and AUGS. Now, she enjoys presenting the importance of recognizing and assessing the pelvic muscular musculoskeletal system. Oh, that's a big word. She published assessment of the pelvic floor and associated musculoskeletal system in the FPMRS journal in December 2021. Now in 2021, she published her book, The Musculoskeletal Mystery, How to Solve Your Pelvic Floor Symptoms. She has been a guest on national and international podcasts and webinars and is the pelvic detective on YouTube. Her goal is to provide individuals with the knowledge they need to get proper pelvic care and for everyone to realize that pelvic conditions are common but not normal. Welcome, Ingrid. Oh, thank you for having me, Bernadine. Bernadine, I appreciate it. So before we start like going into the podcast, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? How did you get started in your career? Because you all, you know, we all have stories. Yeah, I would say the the path for me was a little bit of a long circuitous path, not straightforward, because when I went to PT school, there really wasn't anything um, associated with women's health, pelvic health. So I went, I've been a PT for 39 years, and I've only only been a pelvic PT for 26. So you can see that kind of gap in between where it took a while for me to find my way. And I have to say my patients are really what kind of spurred me to start in the direction of pelvic health, because I would have some of my pregnant patients just kind of whisper to me quietly, because they were embarrassed and say, I'm leaking, what do I do about this? And I had to go to the library. We didn't have internet and everything else to really figure out what is this? What is incontinence? And I, lo and behold, I realized that in Australia and some areas in Europe, they were doing women's health PT, and it had just kind of started in the United States. So over time, I took courses and educated myself and worked with my patients and kind of grew the knowledge base and the experience over this time 
And it was just amazing the differences I could make in the lives of my patients. So when I did all the other kinds of PT, I was hooked because I loved seeing the changes I could make in people's lives and how I could get them back to function. But with pelvic PT, I was getting people who were suffering with conditions that nobody wanted to talk about. Nobody knew anything to do. And I could see them return back to their life. It was so awesome to be able to know that you could help people every day get back to their life and not be embarrassed and start talking about things that they just didn't really want to address before. So it was this kind of lengthy path. And then when I got to Duke, we had a team, we were only three of us. And by the time I retired from Duke, there were over 20 of us on our team. And we had the first women's health residency program for physical therapists in the country. And I was able to do research. But I really felt like something was still missing there because it was still taking patients so long to get to see me. So one of the last things I did, and I shouldn't say last things, one of the greatest things I think uh, that was most enjoyable for me was writing the book, The Musculoskeletal Mystery, How to Solve Your Pelvic Floor Symptoms. And now I've been able to help patients more than just one-on-one, -on -one, but in larger and larger groups. And it's been phenomenal to be able to give people that education and see them, you know, grow from it and help others from it. Oh, that is, I mean, you do, are doing such amazing work out there. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the pelvic floor and the core and how is it connected? Yeah, so the pelvic floor is, I would say, a bit of a mystery all in itself, which is one of the reasons why I say the musculoskeletal mystery. I've been presenting for years calling my talk the musculoskeletal mystery because people feel like, well, if it's a pelvic problem, it's got to be my organs. It's got to be my hormones. It can't possibly be the musculoskeletal system when actually it quite frequently, in fact, most of the time has some involvement of the musculoskeletal system. If we talk about just the pelvic floor alone, I like people to think it's the musculature that kind of goes from our front pubic bone to our coccyx or a tailbone and forms this wonderful sling or a hammock. That sling or hammock holds our body up. No matter what we do, we lift something, we cough, we sneeze, we run. That pelvic floor has to hold us up. So it's got an extremely important job every single day doing that. Then it has a sexual function. It lets us um, enjoy intercourse. It lets us have intercourse. If it's tight, we might have pain with intercourse, but people don't really think. They think, oh, that's dry tissues or smells when frequently it's actually the musculature. And then it also has what's called a sphincteric component. And sphincters are, if you want to think of little circular muscles that are um, anal areas, so where we poop from, and our, excuse me, our urethral area where we pee from, those muscles should be able to close completely and open completely. If they're weak, they may open on their own. So if we sneeze or cough, they pop open and we can have incontinence. And then if we take all of that together, that pelvic floor works with our core. And our core, it's important to know, is not what we normally think it is. People think, oh, that's my washboard look. That's, you know, my six pack, my rectus abdominis. And they do a thousand and one crunches and the problem still doesn't get better. It's because it's part, the core is just all of these muscles together. So our pelvic floor, 
all of our abdominals, our back and buttock musculature, and then our diaphragm where we breathe, that's actually a muscle too. And I tell people to think of that as the roof, the diaphragm is the roof of your house. The pelvic floor is the foundation of your house. The abdominals is the front of your house and the back and buttock musculature is the back of your house. And if you're to pull your foundation out from your house, you can imagine you're going to have trouble with your house, right? That's how important the pelvic floor is for your entire core, for everything you do every single day. That's the short of, of it. You know, the book goes through tremendous detail on that. But the, this just is that, that little piece that kind of lets people know, oh, there's a lot more to my core and my pelvic floor that I even could imagine. So um, if somebody comes to you, and they, I mean, I hear a lot of some of my clients struggled with that as well. Like you said, sneezing and coughing, and then you just leak underneath there. Um, is there certain, like, how do you help your patients? How do you, do you give them certain exercises to do to strengthen that pelvic floor? Yeah. Um, so the first thing a pelvic PT will do is a thorough, thorough, um, both verbal and what we call an objective, really looking at the body um, exam. So the verbal gets us to know what's going on in that patient's life. So, you know, I always say to my patients, you could walk in the door with the same exact diagnosis as the next person. And yet I might still treat you totally differently because your life styles and your life is different. There's a difference between a mom with three kids and urinary incontinence and someone who's 70 retired and maybe just doing some enjoyable things, which was, is awesome, right? And they may have more time. So I may make their exercise programs very different. So we look at A, what's happening in their life. B, we do a very thorough pelvic floor exam, no speculums, no stirrup, one glove finger, and we look exactly what the muscle can do. We evaluate how well that muscle can contract as well as how well can it relax. And that's a big piece that people miss is we need to know both in order to effectively treat the pelvic floor. Um, and then from there we'll go, okay, do we need to look at the rest of the body? Do we need to look at the rest of the core? Do I need to look what's happening in their neck or their feet because that's impacting their pelvic floor? Then we design an exercise program for the whole body that is very easy for them to do. And on top of it, we do what are called behavioral changes. So we may say, well, you have urgency. You can't make it to the bathroom on time. So what we want to do is how do we not only get the floor working better, but how do we get your brain working better? How do we get you not so worried about that that actually that anxiety and that worry about leakage can make the pelvic floor and the bladder be more irritated. So then the urgency gets worse, right? So what we really, really have to watch is, can we educate them better how to take care of themselves? And that's a key point is I don't just do something to my patients. I'm a team with my patient and I teach them how to take care of themselves. So by the time we're done with treatment, 
they can be on their own. They know how to do things. They can help themselves. And that's key to getting someone back to a function level rather than just say, I'm going to give you a bunch of exercises and you're, you're on your way. So a physical therapist employs all of that, plus things like biofeedback, which is a way for someone to visually see what's happening, and other devices that we find, like um, pelvic floor wands or dilators that help gently rid someone of trigger points or stretch the pelvic floor effectively. Those are all the different things that we may do with a patient so it's it's pretty comprehensive it is i mean it's like you say everything is connected you know it's not just your pelvic floor it's your whole body that's connected um and i love to just say the brain as well you know to teach your brain you know your body what's going on in your body um and i want to talk a little bit about your book as well um, can you tell our listeners about your book? You know, what is it all about? You know, uh, where can I find it? Yeah. So um, I wrote the book because I was frustrated that it was taking patients so long to see me. And it's it's a lot of layers to that. Some of it is patients don't know what to ask for. If they don't know that there's a problem because everybody tells them to live with it, then they don't know what to ask for. And the examples would be urinary incontinence. Well, when we're pregnant or we go through menopause, you'll hear people say, oh yeah, you leak, just put a pad on it and live with it. No, 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 no. <laughs> people don't have to live with it. Fecal incontinence, constipation. You know, people don't even want to talk about these things. Something called prolapse where the, the organs can actually sag down and protrude and really scare people. Well, physical therapy can work on all of those things and even more pelvic pain, pain with sex. So what happened is I thought to myself, how do I bridge that gap? How do I get patients knowing about it better? How do I get doctors knowing about it better? Nurses, PAs. And I thought, geez, if I could educate everybody, then people would get help so much quicker. And I was very fortunate that um, someone named Heather Florio, she's the CEO of Desert Harvest. She said to me, Ingrid, you really need to write this book. And she really gave me the kick in the pants and the, the help I needed to get started to write the book. And the book educates people on the musculoskeletal system. So everything we just talked about in much more detail. So people feel confident that if they go to their practitioner, they can open the book up and say, hey, you know, there are pictures in the book, there are diagrams in the book, there are charts in the book. This is what I have and, and I'd like to get help for this, right? Or a practitioner can look at it and say, wow, I could have referred a patient just today, you know, because now I know better how that's linked. And then it links everything to the diagnosis. So it may be why is the musculoskeletal system so important in some of those things I just mentioned before. Like I briefly said before, painless sex isn't always just because you have dry tissues. Those muscles can be a huge part of painless sex, right? So it explains that why does that happen? Then it tells people exactly what you get in a pelvic floor um, assessment, what we talked about as well, because people are afraid to go. What does that mean? Pelvic floor PT. So it explains that what we do in treatment. And then there's a wonderful section at the help at the end for self-care. So how do you get started on the road to getting better? How do you understand better how to do a pelvic floor contraction and relaxation? And why is that important? And then a whole section at the end for avoiding Dr. Google, 
because so many people will go to the internet and they get so frightened because there's so much bad information out there, right? Incorrect <laughs> information. So it really helps people find their way. So my goal with the book is that education for everybody and that we get people the care they really deserve that they need to have and don't even know, right? Because everybody's told just live with it, especially women, just live with it. And that's so sad. We, we don't have to live with these things. Um, and I think you asked where, where can people get the book so you can get it on Amazon and you can also get it at desertharvest.com. Uh, and there's a section where they have their products and it's under book. I will put that links down in this podcast and you can go check out Ingrid's book and read it. And I think I'm going to get a copy as well and read that as well, you know, just to, um, Ingrid's also like a contributor for the Live, Love and Eat magazine and her articles are amazing. And, you know, um, you give a lot of information out there as well. Now, um, this was, I mean, I can talk, about this, like the whole, like two, three hours. Um, and you know, um, I just, pelvic health, uh, like you said, is very important. Um, so I want to ask what free tips will you give someone to strengthen their pelvic floor? You know, if somebody's listening today and they think, okay, uh, everything that Ingrid said today is like, oh, that's what I'm experiencing. You know, um, how can people like strengthen their pelvic floor? How can they start doing that just from today? Um, so there are a couple things to, to be very aware of. Um, when I have patients come in, you know, they would often say to me, oh, I've been doing Kegels for years and years and years. And they haven't helped. So I said, well, let's find out what you really are doing because it can make a big difference. So what I would do is I would test them and I would find out that not only were they doing it incorrectly, they were doing something that could actually make their symptoms worse, right? So it could be harmful to them. So what I have to do is really educate them on how to do a pelvic floor contraction or decide that maybe a full out contraction wasn't the way to go, that it could create more pain or more problems if they were overdoing it. So a, a couple key points that I can say to people, if they want to kind of venture into the world and say, hmm, you know, what does it even mean? So when I say pelvic floor contraction, it is the same as a Kegel, but I don't call them Kegels because people have such a misconception as to what it is. When you're doing a contraction, there should be a feeling of pulling up and in and being able to relax out fully. So it's not a squeeze. I don't use the word squeeze because what people will do is use their buttock and their abdominals and their face and their toes and you know whatever body part they can figure out may help. So I've often said this in front of a huge room of folks and I'll have to say, you know, if I see you bobbing up and down, you're not doing it correctly because you're using your buttock muscles, your gluteals, right? So I would have to kind of back people up and say, you should just feel this either vaginally or anally, right? No matter where you are able to focus better, what you have available in your body, it's that drawing up and in sensation and then completely relaxing out. So someone should be able to feel that, that their body's relaxing out when they do this, that they aren't staying up there. 
So I would say if you can get that sensation and you can do it without feeling like you're using other muscles, you can gently place your hand on your abdominals when you do it. And if you start to really feel the abdominals pressurize and tighten, or you feel like you're holding your breath, that's a big no-no. If you see that rising, like I saying, that's a big no-no. If you're clenching, it's a big no-no. If you cannot relax your pelvic floor, that's one of the biggest no nos. So it's good to try to get the feeling that would be part one. But then you also want to make sure you could relax. That's part two. And then I think the third, probably one of the best advice I could give is if you are struggling, let's say you try to do it and you cannot figure out how to do it, or you're having pain with it, or you can't relax. That's a huge red flag that says, I need to go to pelvic PT. Right. So if you're having some symptoms, like we mentioned, we can go through a little more detail, but it helps on some of the symptoms. But if you're having those symptoms or you, you feel like, yeah, maybe maybe I'm not doing this right, then absolutely go to pelvic PT because they're the ones that are going to assess it, figure it out and then give you the exercises according to what you can do as an individual. I never say to someone, oh, you know, go ahead and do 10 repetitions you know, do that 10 times a day and, you know, until you're fatigued. And, you know, that might be the exact opposite of what someone should be doing. So I'm very, very cautious in saying to people, start slow, build slowly, never feel like you're hurting yourself or having pain. And if you have any trouble whatsoever, that's the time to see a pelvic PT. Okay. So before we end the podcast, it's just one question that came up um, for me is how does people know that they need, what signs do they have to look out for? What symptoms if they feel like there's something wrong with the pelvic floor? What symptoms, you know what I mean? What symptoms do they have to look out for? Yeah, um, that is an awesome, awesome question. And what I have to say is um, I'll probably put them in categories because pelvic health is a huge span of different issues that affect people. So the categories may be some of things that are a little bit obvious, yet we're told that they're, it's okay to live with them. So these conditions, what I'm going to talk about, they are common they're not normal. No one should be convinced about these topics that I'm going to bring up now that you should live with it because they are very treatable. Um, and a team of people are there to help you, right? So pelvic PTs, urogynecologists, gynecologists, sex therapists, psychologists, acupuncturists, chiropractors, you know, there's a huge span of patient of, of practitioners there to help you. If we categorize it, so urinary incontinence, maybe stress incontinence, that's the coughing, sneezing we talked about, or lifting after a prostatectomy. Urge incontinence is when you cannot make it to the bathroom in time. And some people have mixed, they have a little of both. Mm -hmm. So if you're sensing that you're having leakage in any one of these categories, definitely see a pelvic PT. Fecal incontinence, if you've leakage of stool. So also coughing, sneezing, urgency, can't make it to the bathroom, or you don't even realize it happens and you pull down your underwear and there it is, right? That's absolutely time to see colorectal physician, pelvic PT can help significantly with that. Prolapse, we briefly talked a little bit about that pressure. That's when one of your organs starts to 
push into the vaginal canal and then actually push out the vaginal opening so it's visible. And this scares people. They think they have cancer or something else. So this is the time to go to your gynecologist or urogynecologist. They'll confirm what you have and pelvic PT is awesome for that. Pelvic pain is a huge category that we could spend hours talking about. But if I had to categorize it, it's pain between you kind of under your breastbone down to your knees. So it's not just pain at your pelvic floor, hip pain, back pain, which is called sacroiliac joint pain, even thigh pain, abdominal pain are all part of the pelvic world. Pain after surgery, pain with intercourse, all of these things are so, so treatable. Someone who's suffered with cancer, breast cancer, oftentimes what happens is we are so happy to get them to survive cancer that the quality of life gets left behind. And nobody talks that pain with intercourse is actually very common after the treatments that someone goes through. They're like menopausal symptoms because the hormones and all the drugs and everything else that they go through can affect the pelvic floor. So it's important to know that women after cancer treatment, especially breast cancer, can get wonderful treatment, do not have to live with those symptoms whatsoever. Same with pregnancy and what we call the fourth trimester, not postpartum, the fourth trimester, because it goes well beyond six weeks, could be a year, could be two years. If you're suffering with symptoms that started during pregnancy or right after pregnancy, go get pelvic PT help. We, we can help with so many different issues with pregnancy. For men, also pain with intercourse, pain with ejaculation, post-prostectomy, pre-prostectomy, prostatitis. I could go on and on. There are lots of things for men too. So I don't want people to think this is only a woman's issue. This is all genders. It's everybody that we can really help with pelvic PT. So that's kind of a snapshot of so many things that we can treat. And if you're having any of those symptoms, please, please, please seek help. Don't don't think you have to live with it. It's such a shame that that people feel like they have to live with these things. Well, this was amazing. And again, so much information information. Um, if you want to reach out to Ingrid, um, you know, um, I'll put all her social media down in this podcast um, and reach out to her and as well her book, you know, um, like I said, I'm going to get your book and read your book. Um, it was such a pleasure to have you here today. Um, you are doing amazing work out there. Um, and thank you for being on our podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. I hope everybody got something out of it and will help them on their way to better health. Thank you, Ingrid. This is Bernadine Otto of the Love, Love and Eat show. If you loved this episode, please be sure to go subscribe to our podcast to see even more topics on health, wellness and well-being.